Welcome to episode 87 of the Daniel Yours podcast, a lesson on training intensity. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I appreciate you being here as always. Today's podcast is going to be about the topic of training intensity. And I took a couple weeks off, quote unquote, off the podcast and didn't record. And it kind of ties into today's topic where you know, due to some circumstance, just with this ongoing construction that, you know, if you're an avid listener, you know that I've been complaining about this for for a long time now. Um, It's still ongoing and still unpredictable, but whatever. But I could have squeezed it in within the past weeks, this episode, but I didn't because, you know, at the time that was available, I just kind of like wasn't feeling it, you know, thoughts weren't coming, all that kind of stuff. And that would be the equivalent of getting in the gym and just going through the motions, which sometimes that's valuable and that's totally valid. And I'm certainly a proponent of sometimes you just got to do that. But with the podcast, sometimes it's a little bit different. I don't really just want to put out bad content. I, you know, you deserve the best. And so I want to put out the better thing. So if my intensity, if you can say it that way, if my intensity is not going to be up to scruff, then I didn't want to put it out there. And, and again, with circumstance just didn't work out, but here we are. So this will be a little bit better and I'll get the information out in the way that is the most helpful to you and in the way that I'll be satisfied with delivering the information as well. So training intensity is a is an important topic, a tricky thing to measure because it's not like you can't you can't count it. It's not exactly tangible or measurable rather. It is very tangible, but it's not measurable. So you know a lot of people know what to do. Let me back that up. Most people don't know what to do. It's difficult to figure out what to do, and that kind of sucks. But a lot of people through social media and through all of the widely freely available information that's out there, you can pretty well figure out you know the things that you should be doing, the names of the exercises, what a workout split is, what a calorie deficit is. Like You can figure out all these things. Knowing what to do and knowing how to do things is very different, and that might be the missing piece for you. Knowing how to do things can mean things like setting up the exercises properly, the way that you execute the exercise on your form, and especially your intensity. You can have the perfect workout system, all of the best equipment, the perfect split, execute each rep with perfect form. If you train like a little wimp, you're never going to grow or get stronger. And that's just the way it is. Intensity is one of the missing pieces to why a lot of people go to the gym for forever. And oh, I go to the gym and I do my 30 minutes a day, or I do my 45 an hour, whatever it is, and never really progress. Like when it's, these are the kind of people who say, oh, I do this weight for this exercise. Well, what do you mean you do a hundred pounds for a bench press? Well, what you've been doing a hundred pounds for six months. You should be increasing that over time. Like this is why you're not getting stronger. Your intensity needs to, there needs to be a level of intensity there so that you can continue to improve. One thing that I've said before, and this is a you know stolen quote from Dr. Andreo Speed in the Spina and the FRC system, is that force is the language of our cells. Just because you go there and you do that 100 pound bench press every week for you know the last six months, your body doesn't know what that is. It doesn't understand that you did this many reps. It understands forces, and so if that force is continuing to be the same, you're giving your body no reason to change or to improve or to lay down more tissue or to improve the strength or whatever. You're not giving your body any signals. And so intensity is the way to equate that. The thing to be careful, careful with here is that training with intensity doesn't necessarily mean 
that you are lifting the heaviest amount of weight or doing the most amount of reps until you're sweating buckets and your heart is pounding. Like that is very easy. You can, if you're looking for intensity as like how high your heart rate gets or how many calories your Apple watch says you burn, then you might as well just do jumping jacks for an hour because that's going to, that'll be just as good as doing anything else. So that is not a marker of intensity. What intensity means is that is when you are pushing the muscle or the tissue, this can also be your heart, and we'll talk about this in, in the context of cardio training intensity versus like weightlifting and strength and hypertrophy intensity, but pushing the muscle or the tissue to a level that is genuinely or sufficiently challenging for that target area, yet not difficult enough to actually cause injury. When you are pushing yourself too hard, that's when injuries happen, and of course, that's not what you want <laughs> and and you never you never want to push yourself past the point but there is a there is a sweet spot in there where up to a certain level of intensity is something that your body is used to something that your system overall is used to which would elicit no change just beyond that but before exceeding the capacity of those tissues is that sweet spot of intensity where you want to get to at sending signals to your body to grow or to get stronger or whatever the case is, and that's where you want to fall. One way to define these is actually using the number of reps in your workout appropriately. Number of reps, you'll see in a program, do 8 to 10, do 6 to 8, do 12 to 15, or 20 to 25 reps, whatever your program says. Those numbers are not just numbers for fun. Again, your body doesn't know what those numbers mean. The number of reps is actually a reflection of the intended intensity of that exercise or the intended amount of weight as a reflection of of a percentage of your one rep maximum. Said some big words there, but what do I mean is this. If the program calls for eight reps of of an exercise, it doesn't mean pick a weight and just arbitrarily stop at eight reps. It means that your coach or the program or whoever has written that, even if it's yourself, is calling for a strength response that is is calling for more of a strength response because it's a little bit on the lower rep side of things. Now, you want to work up to a weight that is, you could do eight reps, you could maybe get nine reps, 10 would be like really messy, but you absolutely couldn't get 11, for example. It doesn't mean just stop at eight because your body doesn't know what eight reps. You did eight reps of bicep curls. Your body has no idea what eight means. It just understands, again, the force that's been applied to it. So we need to get away from using the number as an as, as the end-all be-all. Just because it says 15 doesn't mean stop at 15. It means push up to a level of intensity where that 15th rep is really difficult, almost on that point of failure. Now, for cardio purposes, if you're training for a marathon or doing your, your cardio training, you may have heard of heart rate zones and they'll go from zone one to zone five. And these again are reflections of your maximum heart rate. So I don't remember the exact breakdown of what all the zones are, but like zone one would be the lowest heart rate threshold and zone five would be like, you know, 95 plus percent of your heart rate max. This would be like a maximal activity, like a, a sprint or a jump or a plyometric, something or other. And, and those all have different effects as well. And that's you know a topic for, for another day. But you have to understand why you're using those heart rate zones. And just because it says like zone five should be really high intensity. This is my kind of my beef with the HIT workouts for the most part is that 
the high intensity, it actually means something. And it's a reflection again of the heart rate zones. If you're just getting your body a little bit sweaty and a little bit more out of breath, but you're not really pushing it, you're not pushing it to that 90, it's not really high intensity. And it's still, the training is still fine. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing, you know, do your thing, do your hit classes, fine. It's just, you're not doing what you think you're doing. And here's the other side of this. The higher the intensity is, the lower the duration could be, right? If I take 10 pounds, I might be able to do uh, whatever, 100 reps with it. But if I take 100 pounds, I might be able to do only one rep with it of a given exercise. The same thing is with, is with the cardio, right? If you're sprinting, you, you cannot possibly sprint for one minute. You can move very quickly for one minute in a row, but you can't be sprinting at your all-out pace for a minute. It's just impossible. Like 10 seconds is 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 even pushing it there. So that's why these kind of like, you know, the high intensity workouts that are pushing you to go as hard as you can for like a minute on a minute off for an hour in a row. It doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yes. It gets you sweaty. Yes. Your heart rate, your your watch will say that you burned a bunch of calories, which is irrelevant and inaccurate anyways, but it's, you're not getting any type of training effect other than just doing stuff. And this is why I say, if you're going to do that, you might as well just do jumping jacks for an hour and it's going to be the exact same training effect. So just about you know understanding what we're doing. Another thing that you might heard of as a might have heard of as a way to gauge intensity is something called the RPE scale. RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. It goes from there there are different scales, but just for ease of everything, we take it from you know zero to ten, where zero is basically it was nothing, and ten was like my maximum effort. I could not have done one more rep. I could not have done even one more anything, it was the absolute maximum effort and I hit my absolute failure. This is a good way to gauge things. What I typically like to say is you should aim for your workouts to fall in the eight to nine out of 10 on the RPE scale. Now this is not, this is again, this is totally subjective, right? Rate of perceived exertion. There's no way to measure this. This is just what you feel it is. And your rate of perceived exertion can change on a day-to-day basis. You did hundred pounds today. It might've been a nine out of 10 and, or sorry, you did hundred pounds today and it might've been like a seven out of 10, but then you did hundred pounds, you know, next week and you were tired, you didn't have a good day and it might be a nine out of 10 and that's okay. Now there's different things to talk about with in terms of the recovery of that and a little bit different topic that we'll get into in a second. Um, but you still want to be pushing for that eight, nine. Now this is, I like this as a way to gauge the intensity because you know that you're not pushing to an all out 10. You shouldn't be absolutely maxing out every single workout and you probably couldn't do that anyways. Truthfully, the difficult part of the RPE scale is actually knowing what a true eight or nine out of 10 is or a 10 out of 10. And one quote that I like in reference to this is, the only way to find the limit is to cross it. Training to failure is in and of itself a skill. There's a lot of talk in the hypertrophy evidence-based community on social media where they talk about, you know, the number of reps doesn't matter, that it's just about training to failure. But most people, yourself likely included, have never really trained to failure because that's a quite an advanced thing to actually take an exercise to true failure. There are not many exercises that are super conducive to it. For example, something like a barbell back squat, taking it to absolute failure, excuse me, taking a barbell back squat to absolute failure is kind of a dumb idea. There is a very high risk for injury there. And the other side of it from your training point of view, if you're trying to train your legs, it might not be 
the quads or the glutes or whatever is happening that is actually the thing that is failing at the end of those reps. So something that would be more secure for if we're just going with the quads again would be a leg extension where you're kind of, you know, strapped into a machine and there's nothing else working except your quads. It's very safe. There's no way to really, of course, you can hurt yourself doing anything, but like if you can't lift the weight anymore, you just let go and this the machine will drop and that's fine. Whereas in a squat, like when you can't get up anymore, you could hurt yourself if you don't know how to fail properly. Uh, and that's a that's a skill that is something that I've spoken about before. It is important when pushing yourself to know how to fail exercises properly. Um, but you 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 don't want to take everything to failure all the time, and it's not always a smart idea. It is, I think, a valuable training tool to understand where your failure is and understand what true failure looks like. I would highly recommend working with a coach on this one because with it, as you push the limits, there is an increased risk of injury and things going wrong. Not that you're going to hurt yourself and not that you should hurt yourself, but understanding what your actual limit is. When you feel the burn, that is not the end. That is not failure. It's when you really can't push up anymore, that's what you're feeling. A way that I kind of coach this to clients, and I'll use the bench press as, a, as an easy example, is, and this is a tricky one because there, there's a fear of the weight being on top of you that it's going to fall on your face. And fear definitely plays into this intensity thing. You have to understand that you are going to be safe and you're going to be okay. And that is why I'm such a uh, big proponent of understanding how to fail out of exercises. If you understand how to fail out of a bench press, a barbell ben- or a, a dumbbell bench press, if you understand how to do that, then you don't really ever need a spot because you'll just push until you can't and then you'll dump the dumbbells and you'll be fine. But more importantly is that you don't panic when things get difficult. And when you don't panic, you actually settle in, you clean up your form and you continue to push through and you'll have more effective finishing reps and you'll be safer overall. So understanding that things are going to be okay, you're going to be safe and how to how to not panic and not freak out in the middle of an exercise is an important one. But I got sidetracked for myself. If you're dumbbell bench pressing, true failure would be this. If you press and it's like it burns and it's hard and it was a kind of a grindy rep and you get it all the way up. You come back down. You push and you get you get stuck, okay? So now the weight has stopped moving. The weight has stopped moving. Sometimes, and this depends on the rep and depends on the person whatever. As soon as that weight stops moving or even starts to slow down, that's when that panic response sets in and that's when you've got to be, you know, forged in the fire so to speak to understand that hey, don't need to panic here and I can just settle in and keep pushing through. So that you're pushing up the weight has stopped moving. You, the worst thing you could do is just totally let go and freak out and and let go of the dumbbells. That would be not the right thing to do. You might be able to hold it there on that spot, and if you keep pushing for long enough, sometimes you get that little sticky point, and you can push through it, and you keep going, and you're able to raise the dumbbells. Okay. You still didn't fail because you completed the rep. Now we try again. You come back down to the bottom. You push. You hit that sticking point again. You're pushing. You're pushing. You're pushing. You're pushing. The dumbbells start to move backwards despite you pushing as hard as you can that is failure and that's when you can just dump the dumbbells and the 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 rep is done when you physically cannot actually do it anymore not when your brain says you can't do it it's when the muscles actually can't do it and that is failure and that's the the you don't need to get to that level of intensity and you probably shouldn't go to that level of intensity very often but you need to understand that so if you can understand what actual failure is like then you can 
work backwards from there. For so many people, it's like, oh, I, I work harder when I'm with a trainer. I work harder when I'm with a buddy because you feel a little bit safer and you feel there's like that level of competition or level of encouragement, if you will, that allows you to just push a little bit harder for those last few reps. And those are the ones that count. Another good example of this is essentially, in a nutshell, the way that creatine works. Creatine doesn't automatically make you bigger. It's not a steroid. If you just if you just took creatine and like didn't train, like nothing would happen to your body. But creatine allows you to more or less work out a little bit harder for a little bit longer. So when you might have been able to get eight, you might be able to get nine reps. You might be able to squeeze out that ninth rep, maybe even a nine and a half or a ten. That's how creatine works because it allows it gives you the extra energy to push through a few more reps, and those are the reps that really matter. From a hypertrophy and even from a strength standpoint, the muscles and the tissues, they only need a little bit of signal to be told to lay down more tissue or to increase their size or increase their strength. If you think of a set of 10 reps, the first eight, maybe even nine reps, the actual purpose of those is getting the muscles and tissues tired enough so that that 10th rep is just past that threshold. And that 10th rep is the only one that really matters, that sends the signal to from, from the muscle to the brain and wherever it goes to lay down more tissue and to increase strength. That is actually the, the purpose of all of the other reps. The first rep, it's not that it doesn't matter. Its purpose is getting you up to that point. And this is why the hardcore hypertrophy-only community gets lately has been more on the side of like there's no need for higher rep activities because you're just causing unnecessary fatigue if you're going to 25 reps like you know those first 23 reps didn't really do anything as far as eliciting more muscle growth all they did was get you more tired and cause more stress and to that point it's not wrong it's in, it's correct but my my issue with it is like most people are not training for pure hypertrophy and even people who think they are are not actually so there is a time and a place for higher rep stuff 25 even 50 even 100 reps to some degree and there's purpose for rep ranges all in between and there is value in in cardio and conditioning and going through a lot of reps or a very low amount of reps as well now the the other side of that is well why don't i just do one rep max for everything. I just lift the heaviest amount of weight possible. Well, this is where there's more to it. It comes in. You need to be warmed up. The tissues need to be prepared for what's about to come. Uh, Sometimes you can't actually get into it right on the first rep and lifting your heaviest amount of weight for one rep max of an exercise is another one of these skills. There is a different bracing and like a, you have to feel it to, to understand I, I can't really put accurate words to it, and maybe that's just me, but you have to feel what it feels like to lift your truly one rep max where you could not have done a second rep, and it was an absolute all-out effort. I also, again, don't recommend this for most people. I think it's valuable and fun to do once you get up to a certain level of training to see what your squat bench deadlift is like, but it's not a useful training tool to be maxing out all the time because there is a little bit more to it than all of that. All right, a little little bit on a tangent here, but another thing that I wanted to talk about with all this is soreness. Now, sometimes we fall into the trap of feeling that if you get sore after a workout, that that means that it was a great workout. 
Now, it might have been a great workout, but it might not have been. The soreness is not directly related to the intensity of the workout. Soreness can be caused by new movements. It can be caused by it can be caused by many number of things, but typically when you're more sore, even if you're trained, new exercises, new rep schemes, new pairings of exercises, a heavy focus or not a heavy, but a more of a focus on the eccentric portion of the lift tends to elicit a, a greater soreness response. So if you're going like a four seconds on the way down in your squat or in your whatever exercise, four or five seconds, three seconds, if it's slower than usual, that would typically elicit more soreness. Now, these things are all good. They're all good training tools and they all have value, but they are not in and of themselves markers of intensity. You can do kind of a shitty workout and still be very sore. This also brings us to the topic which I alluded to earlier of overtraining and under-recovering. Sometimes the thing to be careful with, like I mentioned off the top, is training intensity doesn't mean give your absolute maximum effort every single time you step into the gym or every single time you go for a run or a bike ride or whatever. That's not the point. The point is to be training intensely enough to elicit the changes that you want, but not intensely enough to injure yourself. The overtraining versus under-recovering argument is a is a long one and most people are not overtraining. If if you're listening to this podcast, I would bet serious money that you're not overtraining. If you are a professional athlete who trains 7 days a week and and maybe more often than that multiple times a day, then there becomes the problem of overtraining and actually doing too much work. For most people, the problem is actually under-recovering. Your 3 workouts a week is not making you overtrain. Your 5 hit classes, Zumba classes, whatever, that's not overtraining. That's just, if you feel beat up and worn down and like you need rest days, what you actually need is to work on your recovery. You need to be on point with your water, on point with your sleep, on point with your nutrition and all these things. You're under recovering and that's why you feel so worn down from your workouts, but your workouts should never wear you down. If you're not training, if you're not really maxing out and training at a very high volume per week, more than once a day, I would I would even venture to say the chances that you are actually overtraining, highly, highly unlikely. And when we talk about zones of intensity, you can think about how to say this. You can think about the amount of intensity or the amount of force, the message that is sent to the muscle in sort of three three levels, I guess. You can think of it as a deload stage where if I'm working at such a low intensity that it's, or if I'm working at a too low of an intensity, then what's going to happen to my body? And this would typically be like not exercising, but this would typically start to degrade tissue and I would start losing muscle mass and losing strength because I'm not giving adequate stimulus or adequate messaging to my body to understand that, Hey, I want to keep this and I should keep this level of strength or this level of tissue or what have you. That's not good. Obviously don't want to do that. But with injuries or with a with a sickness or something like that over extended periods of time, it happens. And so important to understand that that is a thing. You you obviously can lose muscle and strength over time. The next thing, and this is where most people stay for their entire training career, is a maintenance level where you're training and you might feel something. You feel a pump. You feel a difficulty. You feel a bit of a struggle. But that intensity is not really there to create change. 
And so you're just sending messages to your body that, hey, we want to continue to be able to still do this. And so nothing changes. These are the people who you see in the gym day in, day out for years, and they just never really get stronger or never really change. And if that's your intention, you're not really looking to get bigger or stronger, whatever, then of course, that's okay. But some of you are looking to get bigger and stronger and you've been at it for years, yet nothing is changing. And you're thinking, nah, DY, like you always say, be consistent, like be consistent. And I am consistent. And I get that. I'm sure that you are consistent, but there's intensity as well. Intensity and consistency are the two big things. Intensity can override some of the other shortcomings. And, And this is another one of those things that if you do some of the wrong things, yet you yet you you train hard enough for long enough, you'll have good results. And that's another one of those things pains me a little bit to say it, but it's true. So that so most people fall in this maintenance level of intensity that they're just perpetually at with their training. Then where you where you would like to be, and this is for bursts of time and not for the entire workout, but it's like one or two reps in the workout, is the increasing phase or the increasing level where you're pushing that boundary to the point of beyond the threshold of what your body is used to, but before the threshold of what would cause injury. And that's where you want to find, you want to find that sweet spot. Now this takes trial and error. There is not a very measurable way to determine this, to say, okay, I did this amount of reps. So therefore I should be good. Or I lifted this amount of weight because it's all different, right? hundred pounds for me is different for hundred pounds for you is different from hundred pounds for Jimmy down the street. It doesn't, the, the actual amount of weight and all these things don't matter. It's all just relevant to you. One of the other things that typically comes with this, and we, we, we talked about this a second, but just worth mentioning again is people who say, that they're using high weight and low reps, great, fine, and versus using low weight and high reps. Now, this is a little bit of an argument on semantics, but of course, if your reps are higher, the weight will be lower. But once again, that doesn't mean that it should be easy. Just because the rep target is 15 or 20 or 30, it doesn't mean that it should be easy. Yes, you must drop the weight, but by that 15th, that 20th, that 30th rep, you should basically not be able to do another one or two. And that's how you know that you're actually training hard enough within that given parameter. So you should never really train with light weights per se. The exercise should never be easy or of low intensity. You shouldn't do an exercise that's like, well, I'm going to go for 10 reps here, but you know, if I was really pushed, I could have done 10 more. Because if you're doing that, you haven't really done anything. Your, your body will have no reason to respond to that. And sure, you're getting some blood flow, you're moving the joints. Yes, yes, there are benefits to like doing things less than optimal and whatever. I get it. But that's not what you want. And so if that's what you want, so, so if you do want to improve, you've got to train harder than that. You shouldn't have to do, or you shouldn't have to say that I'm doing a heavy set. I could do a heavy set of 30 reps and I could do a heavy set of three reps. Of course, the number on the bar is going to be different, but effectively the the amount of fatigue i'm getting to or the amount of intensity i'm getting to is the same and that's the biggest thing that i want you to take away from this for this entire conversation is that you train hard regardless of the reps and the rep number there the amount of volume is for another purpose not determining that the weight is necessarily light or heavy or whatever because it should always be heavy given the number of reps 
some of the sensations that you'll feel when you start to train a little bit harder, you will feel soreness. You will feel trembling at some points. That panic response, that feeling of, oh shit, I don't know if I can do another one. These are normal things. And sometimes when you push past your comfort zone, you know, not to be all cliche and whatever, but you got to push past that comfort zone and understand that there's going to be some different sensations. If your workouts are always comfortable and you feel like, yeah, you know, it gets my heart rate up. I feel a bit of a pump, but you never really feel that grinding. You never, the thought never crosses your mind. I might not be able to get another one. I might not be able to, then it's time to step it up. If you want change, if you don't want change, then you know you probably stop listening by now. But if you want change, you've got to go to that place where your body is going to feel like, not sure if I can get another one here, but let's, let's go for it anyways. And the very, another very important thing to remember here, there is more of you than you think. There is more of you than you think. I don't remember the study to, to quote it or who did it or what the actual numbers were, but it was an outrageous number where they took participants and asked them to do an exercise and told them to do as many reps as they could. And so say the person got like, you know, 12 or 13 reps, then they had this person coached during the exercise. So they had a, they had a trainer or someone pushing them on. And these people were able to do twice as many reps. And I'm not, again, I don't even know the study, so I couldn't even like look it up, but like it was something ridiculous like that. And we see this all the time in the gym, or I see this all the time in the gym with clients or with other people. It's like, okay, no, no, I can't do anymore. So, okay, just one more, just one more, just one more, just one more, just one more. And little do we know now we just doubled the amount of reps that you said that you couldn't even do anything. You couldn't do any more, but we just did 10 extra reps. Well, how did that happen? That is training intensity. And you've got to go to those places if you want to elicit change. Training intensity can cancel out some of the other factors. It's one of those things. I said this earlier, and it, it really pains me to admit it, but there are some people who, for whatever reason, have figured out that they haven't figured out how to do things correctly, but, but they have figured out the training hard part. And they do that enough and for long enough time that they will be strong and will have a great physique and will be healthy and otherwise. So you can out-train some things. You can outwork some shortcomings. You can't necessarily outwork a horrible diet, but you could outwork a not perfect diet. You might have an imperfect training program, but executed at a very high level of intensity could be better than someone who has a great workout program, but they just don't train very hard. A lot of the the evidence-based and the form police in the gym, people are like, always like, oh, but my form, but my form, you know, my form's got to be perfect and all this time. Like you can spend your entire life trying to have the perfect body weight squat. My squat is, I believe, very, very good. I don't believe it is perfect, but if I went by the notion that, oh, you should never load up the bar or you should never increase the weight until it's perfect, I would be squatting only body weight and you would never increase. So there is some sacrifice that has, to, that has to be made there. You shouldn't exercise and shouldn't do things with poor form, but you can't let perfection get in the way of training hard and still doing things right. So just keep that in mind that training hard is, is a skill. It's something that is developed over time, but it is one of the most valuable things along with training consistently that you can add into your workout program. If you can think of it as something that you can add in, if you train a little bit harder, 
Train smart, but train a little bit harder and a little bit harder and train a little bit harder than last time. You're going to start to make results. You're going to start to make things happen. You're going to start to see that needle move. We just had Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada, and you know, I, I thought of this quote myself, but it's like, you want to eat like an animal, and you better train like an animal as well. People want this amazing body, don't want to train very hard. There are plenty of people out there who train very hard. They do everything wrong, but they train very hard, and they have a decent body. So if you can train hard as well, you want to eat like an animal, you want to stuff your face like a like an uncaged, unsupervised, uncaged animal, unsupervised child, you better train like an animal as well. And that's going to cancel a lot of things and do you a lot of good now and in the future. Just be safe. Know the limit, right? You 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 can't cross that line because that's where injury happens and then everything changes. But finding that line is a skill and an endeavor that is certainly worth pursuing. I hope this was helpful. Uh, I know that there's not as much, say, measurable advice to possibly take away from this episode. But if nothing else, just understand that there's more of you than you think. You have to train up to a certain threshold to get the results that you want. And that is probably the threshold is probably higher than you think it is. Push the boundaries, push the boundaries. Every workout from from the time you listen to this episode and, and for the next several weeks, push it. Can you do one more? Can you do one more? I know the program says 12. Can you get 13? I know you got 13 last week. Can you get 15 this week at that same weight? Well, wouldn't couldn't you have done that last week? And are you then just leaving reps in the tank? Or are you leaving? You did the 100. Could you do 105? These are the things you've got to ask yourself and you've got to push. And this is where having a program and, and being able to track your workouts comes so in handy because if you see that, okay, I've done 100 pounds for the last seven weeks in a row, it's like, well, something's got to give. That can't be right. Either I'm doing something totally wrong or I'm just not pushing myself. So sometimes that, you know, writing on the piece of paper, having a coach, whatever, all of that stuff helps you. And I do this with my online clients as well. It's like, okay, you're, you know, you're doing great. I know your workouts are feeling good. You've been at that 100 pounds for the last four weeks. Like, Let's go. We gotta we gotta step this up. The point of it is not to be at that same weight. There is value in this. In, in there's form, other stuff, and now I'm gonna go on a tangent. Now I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. You need to train harder than last time, and that's it. <laughs> Subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is going well, and uh, yeah, whatever. Rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Share this with a friend. Follow me on Instagram at Daniel Yoris. Reach out to me with any questions danielyours.com. Hit the coaching tab if you're interested in online coaching and we'll get it rolling and we'll get you training harder than last time and finally get get you those results that you're looking for. Have a great day. Take your shoes off. Train hard. Be a good person. We'll see you next time.